there's a new way of working that has been built before our eyes. And I think you're going to need to know how to use these tools to be relevant as a knowledge worker in the future. Before we get into the show, here's a quick word from HubSpot. Long hours, small teams, uninspiring content. Marketing for a startup is hard work. Thankfully, HubSpot for Startups can help you grow your business without growing your stress. Their all-in-one platform connects all your teams together. Plus, they have a bunch of resources to help you scale, and they offer discounts up to 90% off. So if you're ready to crush your marketing, look no further than HubSpot for Startups. To see how much you can save, visit HubSpot.com startups. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your show for marketing-minded people everywhere. I'm your co-host, Kip Bodner, the CMO over at HubSpot, joined as always by my co-host and friend, Kieran Flanagan, who's the CMO over at Zapier. And today we are talking about video and image AI and how it is going to transform marketing. A lot of what everybody's talking about is chat, chat GPT, GPT plugin store, all that's awesome and important. But for marketers especially, image and video-based AI is going to transform the way we create, the way we make, the way we tell our brand story and our company story. And I'm here and excited to talk about it today. Kieran, the AI world is just going on like a bullet. You know, companies are dropping features. You've got MidJourney owning the image AI space right now. It is bananas. Yeah, you know, the letter they wrote for the six months hiatus to try to save... (laughs) humanity yeah. from extension. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that just to like yeah. play around with the technology before it actually continues to evolve. Like Midjourney, the V5 model that we're going to talk a little bit about took them five months to release. Like that state of progression or that of innovation is pace nuts. of progression is too quick. Like it's actually too quick. See, I was thinking about this last night because I knew we were going to do this episode. And so I wanted to like play around with Midjourney 5 and get it like a little bit into how the technology works and stuff like that. I was just like, F- it's too hard. I can't. <laughs> keep up with everything it's just like what am i gonna do here like not sleep like i was on like 11 o'clock last night i know it's just uh it's too much i think everything just needs to take a break so i can literally figure out how to catch up and start to integrate all this stuff i have so much great content to read like there's been so many great articles <laughs> around everything is like well good. but that's going to be the problem with ai right is that great content is now easier to make than ever and so we're going to become more and more overwhelmed first and foremost like i think that is part of that. And two, you should have definitely written like a parody letter of what Elon and all those folks did of just like, I need a break. Can we just I take six months oh, from God. AI just so I can catch up? Not because I'm worried about the future of humanity, or maybe I am, but really we need a break. I've set myself a challenge. I'm not going to do too much because I want to surprise you with it, but I'm working on a track. Oh, oh <laughs> we haven't gotten into the music side of AI much on the show. I'm working on that. I'm trying to work on a full track to a premiere on this show as like a fun AI project. <laughs> the amount of cool workflows I'm starting to see as well. Like I'm like, oh God, I actually should try to like integrate this across multiple places in my life. But anyway, I feel overwhelmed. I bet you all our listeners feel overwhelmed. Hopefully we'll help them navigate Kip through this by giving them some of the cool things that are happening. Yeah, look, I think we all feel overwhelmed and I'm starting to see it on the Twitter. AI overload is starting to become a theme just because all these companies are shipping so fast and you have to really pay close attention. But what we're here to do is break that all down for you so that you can watch one short show and have the gist of everything that's going on. And so the biggest thing that's going to happen and that I think, Kieran, you and I see happening in marketing 
is that image AI is just going to completely change how we create content. So let's talk about the current day. Right now, if you're an individual or a team of people who are trying to create, you know, newsletters, blogs, YouTube thumbnail images, landing page images, website images, all of those things, images for your event, what have you, it's hard. You either have to pay a full-time or freelance designer to do that for you, or you need to do something yourself and a tool like Canva that looks not the best, right? Because you're not a professional designer. Or you have to go buy stock photography, which is super expensive, and it has, you know, restricted usage rights and also can often look pretty generic, right? Like stock photography, it's like, oh, it's clear that we're using stock photography here, right? And so that, I think, are all the challenges that if you're a marketer today, what you're facing. And then what we see now with MidJourney, and so for folks who are unfamiliar, MidJourney is the current leader in the image AI space. You have Dolly, you have Adobe Firefly, you have a lot of products out there. You have Canva's AI image tool. There are a lot of interesting products out there. MidJourney is the leader because of their approach and just ability to generate crazy, crazy quality images. Like, Kieran, you told me you've been playing around with MidJourney. What's your take on MidJourney for marketers? So when I say playing around with it, I was trying to recreate He-Man images and turn He-Man into a leprechaun. <laughs> so there's a couple of things, right? I won't get into the nuts and bolts of the updates because I'm not a graphic designer, but the graphics are much more realistic. They've added a bunch of things into the model to make the images much better. And so if you actually start to go look at V5 versus like previous models, you'll see a glaring difference between the quality of those images. But the big thing that I think, like not just improving the image quality, the image performance, adding all these different things that if you are a, a graphic designer, you will actually um, appreciate more than maybe I will appreciate. <laughs> the thing that I think is kind of mind blowing is, you know, one of the things we talked about in this show is, you know, the future is kind of like human driven and AI assisted or AI assisted and human driven. You're in one of those buckets. And when AI is an assistant, how good you are at your job, it's going to be dependent upon how good you are at prompting. Mm -hmm. And prompting at the moment is like this thing where I can choose to share a prompt that I've used that worked really well, or I can choose not to. You can't really find out what I'm doing. And that's particularly true in graphics, right? Like you can go to all these different places and you can look to see what images people have created, but you don't really know the prompt that actually created that image. So it's hard to actually figure out how to learn from something. Correct. Unless you go into Twitter and you go to all these Twitter feeds, which are like the 10 prompts can do these things, which are not a great way to learn. Well, Midjourney has completely changed the game completely. in terms of how we can learn prompting. It's bananas. It has open sourced it. And so what can you do today? You can basically have a command that is called describe and describe allows you to upload an image. And when you upload that image, it will give you the Midjourney prompt that created that image. So today I was WhatsApping you that I was like uploading images of like, it wasn't actually perfect, but I was uploading images of like different He-Man settings. Don't ask me how I got into He-Man. I have like literally no- <laughs> I was going to say, why are we, of all the things, why He-Man, dude? It's the first thing that came into my, it was like, okay, what am I, what I, I was thinking I could try this. I'm going to try this on some sort of chart and try to like augment or modify the chart, like a business chart. And then I was like, oh, or I could do that. Or I could try to like have He-Man in different weird settings. And so I uploaded an image of He-Man and Skeletor, if you're actually <laughs> old enough to remember him, and basically got the prompt and then like uh, asked it to describe the prompt and give me the prompt. And then using the imagine command, which basically allows you to recreate the image, I added in the description the, the prompt and like just changed one thing, which I said He-Man as a leprechaun. And then all of the other prompt was the same. 
But what I'm getting at is like that allows you to quickly learn how an image was created, which you're shown on the screen, but then be able to like modify it very rapidly because now you have the problem. Here's a tweet from Matt Wolf. The new mid-journey describe feature literally just launched as we're recording this. And so this original image right here of the setting of this deer is what he uploaded, got the prompt, and then was able to make all of these other images just from uploading that one image, right? Right. That's mind-blowing. And like, I think all the other ones are better, first and foremost. And like, the amount of control. And what's great with mid-journey as well is anytime you see a mid-journey image, most people are putting the whole prompt as the alt tag. And so this is the actual prompt. So just to be clear for everybody watching this video, what you can do, if you want this video, if you type in a colorful landscape depicting a deer in the mountains area in the style of faceted shapes, lifelike avian illustrations, bold color usage, dark Cheyenne, amber outdoor scenes, flat perspective, detailed patterns, vibrant color gradients, uh, AR seven aspect ratio, AR seven to four, and then V5 is version five of mid-journey. If you type that in, it gives you this picture. That's all you have to do is type in that command and it automatically generates this picture, which is a professional design level picture instantly off of a couple sentences. Yeah, it's important. It's um, crazy. And it has a, like in V5, it actually has some uh, other commands you can use to start to like, if you are a graph designer, it's added in commands you can use to be able to like perfect the image the way you want it to perfect it. I think it has something like tile-in and aspect ratios and all these kind of different things. It's not perfect for sure. It's not, it's super early, it's still in beta. Yeah, and maybe this is dependent upon the graphic you use, right? If you upload an image from the web and you ask it to describe it and you actually give it the prompt back in, it doesn't get anywhere close, but that could just be because when I read through this, there's different imagery that works really well for it versus uploading imagery from the web. But me, I think one of the things that, the way that we're describing this is we are not graphic designers. Like I'm definitely not a graphic designer. No. And so I'm describing like how this is really beneficial to someone like me. The two tools that I would really use after playing around with Midjourney V5 is probably Midjourney and Canvas tools. Yep. Because I can actually take the image, I can iterate on it in Midjourney, and then I can take it on Canva and add some finishing touches and maybe put it into some sort of template or like whatever I want to do with it there. Yeah. Put it into some production that right. you're going to go and use, whether it be a social post, whether it be a presentation, what have you, right? That's what Canva can really do. One of the threads that you sent me, which it's the Adobe Firefly versus Midjourney V5, the side by side. This is incredibly important as a running theme through how we talk about AI and why it's going to be disruptive, right? Yes. So this guy named Jim Pham posted this thread around, hey, I've got some prompts on Adobe Firefly versus Midjourney. So this is Super Mario. Like, you know, like, this is Super Mario here looks like a sad version of the penguin from Batman in a Mario jacket versus actual Super Mario. And then here's Pikachu who looks basically like a hamster that's painted yellow versus like a real Pikachu in a street. So obviously you can see with these differences that, wow, that's very stark between Adobe Firefly. Oh, it's copyright material. Yes. Is it? And so here is the ah. thing. I want to share the follow up as to why this is the case, because this underpins a very, very important part of the AI story for everybody. Basically, the difference in output between these is Midjourney is basing these images off of all available images that they can get their hands on. And Adobe has a very strict definition of what they are able to do from a copyright and IP 
protected material, right? Yeah. So the Adobe Firefly model is only trained on Adobe stock and open licensed images, not copyrighted. Mm. So first of all, it's actually not an accurate comparison. And second of all, data is the currency of an AI world. I'm going to say it again. Data is a currency of the AI world. You can have an amazing model. You can have a great team like Adobe, but if you are using a much more limited data set, then a much smaller team with a much bigger data set can make a better product, right? And that shows you how important the data is in this world. But Midjourney has no, you know, they don't have any other copyright. There's no differentiation between Adobe and Midjourney in terms of the legalities of the content they can use. It's just Midjourney and some of these smaller companies are deciding to ignore it. Well, yes. So this is what I call the Napster problem, the Uber problem, right? When you have innovation, you have incumbents that are forced to move slower because they have a lot to lose. Like Adobe will get hit with a copyright infringement lawsuit immediately because they're Adobe. They got tons of money, right? Midjourney is the small 11 person team. Somebody sues them like they're not going to get much, right? So that's like, that's part of it. And what happened in the case of Uber, right, is that Uber tried to get as much adoption of its product in its core markets as quickly as possible so that basically the government could no longer regulate it because people were so accustomed to using Uber in New York and LA and San Francisco and Portland, et cetera, that if they were to regulate Uber and support the taxi lobby and the existing kind of transportation rules in those markets, the citizens would lose their mind. They're like, wait, no, we love Uber. We don't want you to take this away. We're about to have a similar situation happen here with copyright law. I never thought that copyright law was going to be a super interesting topic, but copyright law is going to be at the center of a lot of the discussion that we have in AI. Right. Like it is going to be bananas. We'll be right back. But let me tell you about a podcast from our network. Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, your audio destination for business professionals. Join husband and wife team Al and Leanne Elliott as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. Their audience loves the show's unique blend of theory and practice, which helps business owners and leaders simplify consumer psychology. If you enjoy learning what makes people tick, then this is the show for you. Recently, they did an amazing episode on what makes your team say yes, exploring the psychology of influence. Phil Agnew shares his rich experience in behavioral science and delves into the intricate psychology of influence. They explore the fine line between influence and manipulation, uncovering how subtle cues and messaging impact team decision-making and motivation. Whether you're a leader, marketer, or anyone interested in the art of intelligence, this episode is packed with strategies and psychological principles to understand and harness the power of yes in teams and organizations. Listen to Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture wherever you get your podcasts. Has any company ever ignored the laws, asked for forgiveness, as big as OpenAI have done that? OpenAI have taken all of the copyrighted material crazy. on the internet, taken it without permission, and like built a new business model <laughs> and maybe one of the most pivotal business models of all time. And still, no one has really figured out <laughs> they're allowed to actually well, do Well, look, this is really important for everybody watching today's show. Google did that, right? Google did the same thing. They took all of the website content, all the news content, and bundled it together in Google. And that's how they built the world's most dominant search engine. They did. I would still argue that Google had one thing that OpenAI has not yet instrumented, which is 
Google had a clear incentive for publishers to want their content to be Correct. crawled. And then they had an opt-out, which they were never going to opt-out because if you opt-out of Google, you're basically an island and no one's ever going to visit your website. I'm not saying that Google didn't do it better than OpenAI. No, no. We have a track record of early aggregators and key players in markets bending ownership of information rules in their favor, right? right. And like, I would say that's what Google did. They bent it. Like, they, to your point, they gave up out. They, they kind of had a clear framework. What OpenAI is going to do, I don't know. But I firmly believe what is going to happen in AI is that all the AI players are trying to move as fast as possible. And they're trying to move as fast as possible. So they get all of us using these products so that it becomes very hard for the regulators to basically take these products away or to drastically change the product experience, which means that copyright law as we know it is likely going to change. And I think the perfect example of this, Kieran, is the music industry. So like Napster came along, totally ignored copyright and basically created a peer-to-peer file sharing network, allowed people to share songs for free and everything with each other. And they got sued and they got shut down. But that paved the way for a new model in Spotify where you could still stream all your music. You didn't need to do these stupid CDs and everything, but we're going to pay the artists a royalty fee for that streaming, right? And I think the future of copyright and AI models isn't what it is today, but it is going to be very different than it was before ChatGPT, MidJourney, all these products came out. Let me give you the counter to that argument because I think the music industry is the best way to think through this. Uh, please. When the music industry was disrupted and what Napster really brought to the world was a different way that people wanted to access music, right? I didn't want to have to go out buy the album. They changed the way that users view the ease of use of like being able to get music, stream music. And Napster could not make that model work because of copyright infringement. And then you had Spotify come in and actually make that a legitimate business. The difference I see here is that what is the backtrack, right? Like, let's say <laughs> so, totally that opening eyes, use that content, train the model. So there's no backtrack. Like, all you can actually do is say that, hey, you broke the law. I don't see how they can like retroactively take out that data from the model. And so that's the only one that I think is really interesting because I don't know what the back steps are for these companies if copyright law starts to go against their favor. And the other thing is, you don't normally start to see this come out or become a real thing until you start to get real losers. And so like, let's give you a good loser. Oh, I know where you're going. Go, go. Like Getty Images, like all these stock photography sites, they're dead overnight. Yeah. They are dead overnight. And they're going to argue that the playing field is on level, right? Because it's not level. they own all this copyrighted material and that's how they get value, right? And that all these AI design tools are just ignoring it. But at the same time, the world is going to change. And some of these companies are unfortunately going to die in the process. Right. Right. What we've shown is like, there's a better way to do images and maybe we can figure out the copyright laws to be able to make that true. So I think there's definitely going to be losers, but I do wonder what happens when you have thousands and thousands of designers who want to take a lawsuit because they've lost their job against some of these (laughs) companies and what theoretically happens then. But for now, it is like an interesting business strategic lesson, which is one of the ways small companies can win against larger companies is just ignore the law and try to gain momentum. Yeah, so I agree with that. But let's give a practical example of what this, I think, is going to look like for businesses, for marketers, agnostic of the copyright issue, because I do think there's a lot of copyright issues. Right. And in some ways, it's going to create a better environment. Like Getty Images, for example, super expensive and the product quality is not that great. Oh, I agree. I think some of these businesses should go away. You know what I mean? So like, I think there is a need for disruption in a lot of this market. But let's say you had, you know, the mid-journey engine, right, Kieran? And we're going to talk about some of the challenges with mid-journey 
in just a minute. But let's say you had the mid-journey image and it excluded copyright material, but what you were able to do is train it on your own brand material, brand. So your brand style guide, all of that. And so what you have in this world is you have a very high skilled designer who creates templates, brand identity, all this like foundational work to your company. And that's not going away. And I think designers that will be aided by AI will do that work in the future. What you then can do is make it accessible to anybody in your company to create beautiful images, beautiful templates, everything they need with text exceptionally quickly that is always on brand and looks amazing. And that has been one of the hardest things in marketing for decades, right? And that problem is going to go away over the next 12 to 18 months, probably. I think marketers being able to do simplistic coding imagery and video without the need of production or web developers is going to be incredible. It's going to be crazy. It's an incredible up level. I think of the work we'll see, you and I know this, all marketers are restricted in what they can do, not usually by the ideas or the willingness to execute. It's like resources. And that resource is always on the imagery, the video, and the development. If you can actually free up those things so marketers can do those things in themselves, wow. I think they're going to see a, a bunch more innovation, some really uh, incredible things. Well, uh, yeah, because one of the things AI, especially image and video AI, image to video today, there's a lot of what I call like operating expense around it. That like, oh, we got to do all this boring kind of like menial workflow work or, you know, monthly updates, weekly updates, all of these things to, like keep things looking and working well. And AI is going to be able to automate so much of that, that it should free up marketers to spend their time in the creative world, doing much more interesting things, more customer facing, bigger, bolder things, which I think is going to be awesome. Right. But Kieran, why isn't every marketer using Midjourney right now? Like, what are some of the problems with something like Midjourney? I think it's still hard to customize to your needs. Yes. I still think there's like... It's so early. It's in beta, right? Yeah. Like, first of all, it's in beta. That's one. Go ahead. There's still some know-how. Like, this is not... Um you can design without having design skills for the things you truly need. Like, I think I can get some stuff without having design skills, but is it like production ready if I'm going to use it within my marketing and want it to be like high quality to use in different places? Probably still need a designer to like iterate on it, design on it. I think Midjourney is really great for first drafts, very much mm -hmm. similar to like OpenAI for content. I think it's great to iterate, but then again, I still think you go to the Canva. Their AI tools are incredible. The thing you talked about, which is like train it on your brand guidelines and be able to produce templates for marketers you use, that's Canva. That is really where they're going. Yeah, Canva's going to be great for that. One of the things we haven't really talked about is how people are using like mid-journey to do graphics and then actually using those for videos. I've been spotting a bunch of like incredible things, but this one is like freaky. Someone designed this character in Midjourney. This person does not exist. Oh, that's crazy. Midjourney created this person. <laughs> they created the voice and a different AI app. Then they animated it, which you see that person speak in. And then they wrote the script in OpenAI. So like that's a kind of cool version where you can start to create like fake videos of real people doing things for your brand. This is nuts. And the thing I keep coming back to is... Um, this is happening now. Like that's the thing I keep reminding myself. I think one of the challenges with AI is that we always thought that it was going to be in the future in the future. And now it's now. And it's pretty mind-blowing. One of the other things, the biggest holdup for Midjourney is just so everybody knows, you have to access it through a Discord bot. Oh yeah, that's the thing I hate. There is no user interface. There's no chat interface. You have to sign up to Discord, access this Discord bot, do your prompting through Discord, and you get the image files back in Discord. There's no API. So if you're a developer, you can't access Midjourney right now. So it's still not ready for prime, prime time. No. It's in beta. They're building all of this out. 
But what we wanted to show you is, wow, it is V5 is sick. The describe feature is sick. You can clearly think about how you're going to apply this to marketing, right? And be able to use all of this work in your marketing production and the marketing storytelling. It is just, we still have another cycle of innovation to go until it's really there and ready, Yeah, right? And so those are some of the challenges with mid-journey and just images today. I would say mid-journey is the most powerful Adobe is the most compliant and Canva is the most kind of Goldilocks in the middle. It's not great at anything, but wow, it's already a part of a tool that you're probably using. It's in your workflow and it's a way to use AI today. Yeah, it's the most practical. Yeah, and you're going to get better results than not using AI with Canva AI. And so those are three AI image products you can go and use right now to transform how you think about producing content in your marketing today. And I think what you and I are saying, Kieran, is that is going to up level again over the next cycle of innovation throughout those three products and other products. You know, the early products to a market are often not the winner in these big technology shifts like AI. So the best image tools could yet still become, which is pretty crazy. But Kieran, I wanna talk to you about nerfs. Well, I wanna show you a video from Luma, which we're gonna have Ginny AI, who's Ginny four underscores AI on Twitter. We're gonna have her on the show soon. So Ginny, we're excited to have you on the show. She had a great treat about Luma AI and the work they're doing in videos. They just released their Unreal Engine and all of this video production is completely AI generated. And it's all done through a technology called NERFs. And so now you're asking, okay, well, what the heck is a NERF? And it's not a gun, it's not a basketball hoop. Instead, it is a new type of technology and a NERF is essentially neural radiance fields. And so what you're able to do is take a 3D camera, Karen, and take a 3D view of a scene and then pull out any of those aspects into mm. different elements that you can just drag and drop in a video. So it's like, cool, I can take these stones on this tower and I can move them around, pick them up. In the video on Ginny AI's example from Luma, there were these graffitied walls that they could just pick up and move around. So it's basically unstitching a 3D video and rendering to use it to create new videos. And this is huge in the 3D video space. So especially in gaming, it's going to be really big and really important. But you probably have never heard of neural radiance fields. We're going to hear about them a lot because in marketing, as these tools get into our just video production workflow, we're going to be using tools like Luma and other to create amazing AI generated video without, you know, shooting all of the raw footage ourselves and doing everything. It's like you're going to be able to go and take some 360 video to get the elements you want and then create a net new video from those bits and pieces of it. Yep. To me, that is like mind blowing. Like I'm having a hard time getting my yeah. head around it, you know? I saw a lot of demos for Luma AI on Twitter and they are like mind blowing. People showing how they're using it to build games today. Oh yeah. Much more efficiently. This has made me wonder. So Twitter is the go-to place for just the stream of consciousness of what people are doing on AI. I do wonder if someone should build Stack Overflow specifically for AI. Like, I think they probably Twitter should. Twitter is good. It's the best we have, but it's not like... Great. I don't think when you really just want to go deep in AI or have this kind of stream of like cool things happen in AI, nothing like that really exists. Someone out there who's really entrepreneurial should go build that. 
I'd use it. Uh, I would totally use it. That and then any specific marketing prompts, you know, marketing versions of these tools or ways to use these tools for marketing specific ways. There's a bunch of things that we're so early on with that it's just like, we're just now exploring what is possible and what is possible is changing so freaking quickly, right? Right. Okay, so on today's show, we talked about how copyright laws are going to be at the center of AI and how that's going to impact the marketing work you do. We talked about image creation through MidJourney, through Adobe Firefly, through Canva, and how real image creation is here today. It's got its limitations, but wow, how you think about doing design is going to change drastically in your marketing team over the next six to 12 months. And video is not that far behind, right? The sequence of this stuff is text, image, video in order of progression because text is the simplest, images are the next difficult, and video is the most difficult. But we are seeing massive progress in all three. Kieran, anything you want to add before we close out today's show? No, I think uh, play with these tools. Like, especially if I was going to start, I would play with MidJourney. It's worth getting a subscription for a couple of months and just learning how they work. Again, I keep coming back to there's a new way of working that has been built before our eyes. And I think you're going to need to know how to use these tools to be relevant as a knowledge worker in the future. And I think it's overwhelming. So try to pick a couple of spots. Maybe we should do a show on we've done one, but I think I have some thoughts on trying to pick a couple of spots of where you can actually lean in and try and tune out the rest of the noise. Oh, I love that. We should do a whole show on building your career in the AI era. In a post-AI world. Yes, I love that. Yeah. We'll backlog that. If you want to see that show, hit us hit a comment on YouTube. Please subscribe on YouTube. We really appreciate you taking the time to watch the show and we'll be back with you real soon on Marketing Against the Grain.